Good morning, Whitlock High. Marissa here, taking over today's morning announcements. Oh, bud. This is my moment. This is what you've been waiting for. Don't screw this up, girl. Just stick to the script. We got this. And remember, grab the day by the horns. Welcome back to a very special episode of AP Bio, the podcast. I'm Sari Arambolo. And I'm Eddie Levy. And today, Sari and I are especially excited to talk about all things episode 305, Mr. Pistachio. Written by Gilly Newsom and directed by Oz Rodriguez. To quickly recap, embarrassed by his medical needs, Jack and the teachers prank his doctor's office, resulting in him having to get a colonoscopy not once, but twice. Meanwhile, in the AP Bio class, it's a battle for the best friend class superlative, with Eduardo and Victor taking on Grace and Anthony. And over in the principal's office, Principal Durbin and Helen fight for the love of the beautiful Marjorie from Maxfield's class rings. Ugh, Eddie, where do we begin with this one? So, (laughs) I remember we were shooting some other episode of season three, and Brendan, one of the writers, Brendan Jennings, comes up to me. And I don't know, we're, like, talking about something random, like, I don't know. And he was like, oh, yeah, like, we came up with a really fun, like, superlative storyline for you guys. And I was like, oh, you guys? He's like, oh, yeah, like, you and Sari are going to do this dance, and it's going to be so fun. And it was so casual. Like, he was saying it like he told me what he had for breakfast that day. And I was like, wait, what? What? Like, I'm trying to keep it in, trying to be cool. I'm like, yeah, okay, cool. Like, you know, okay, cool. And I remember I run and I grab you. Because, guys, you have to understand, we usually don't know what's going to happen in a script until we get to the table read, which is the week before we shoot it. So I run. I'm like, Sari! (laughs) I'm like, we're getting a storyline! I was freaking out. And again, we... We had no idea. I knew it had something to do with, like, the superlative. It had something to do with a dance. But we really didn't have a, a, a huge idea on, like, what it would turn into. And we were freaking out. So just sharing that moment with you oh, alone yes. was amazing. I remember, I remember you coming up to me and being like, Siri, you will never believe what's coming. And you were like, I think we have a dance. <laughs> and I remember turning you, Eddie, and being like, no, we don't. Like... Really? Seriously? Like, they're going to have us do a dance again? Like, what? And Eddie and I were just freaking out because that is just, like, a dream come true. Dreams on dreams. Like, that is everything we could ever want in a scene. Like, we're best friends in real life, and then on top of that, we get to do a dance together about being best friends. Like, it doesn't get better (laughs) than that. Our, Our friendship has been immortalized on television, and I can die happy now. And that's all you have to know. And before we get into this particular episode, because I I still can't believe it happened, I think it is worth noting sort of the evolution of Anthony and Grace throughout the three seasons, because I sort of had this maniacal plan that I wanted everyone at AP Bio to know that Sarah Rambolo was my best friend, and I just was very public about it. So I would, I would literally like refuse to go anywhere without you, and yes. and just you know be very sort of like needy 
with you. Caitlin, our, our, I, our PA on set, she is kind of the one who takes care of us and like brings us from set to back to our chairs and to holding and all that. And so she knew that the only way to get Eddie to move was if I went. <laughs> and Caitlin turns to me and she goes, Sari, please, please will you move so that Eddie will go. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God, to this day. So... You know, we started um, in season one. We had this great moment in the House Party episode, which we've talked about a couple times on this podcast. Everyone loves that episode where we are, you know, dancing side by side. You're, you're, what were you listening to? I was um, listening to some sort of EDM. Um, right. And I, yes. And I was listening to like a smooth jazz. And I remember even back then we were like, oh my God, we get to stand next to each other on set. Like, this is so cool. Like, we were just like so excited. And I think, you know, there's a different energy when it's your first season on a show because you just can't believe that's like, you know, your, your job. Yeah. Um, and then in season two, we actually had a great scene that ended up on the cutting room floor but they built us a really cool yes. set, right? They built us a target. Like fully, if you imagine a target, that's what our set looked like. It was insane. It you could walk through different aisles. They had the entire like eating area. Um, because there is that little storyline um of Grace working at a target. So they had this amazing little moment between the two of us. Unfortunately, didn't make it in the in the cut, but on the day shooting it, it was so much fun and Richie Keen is was the director for that episode and there were a bunch of the other students in that classroom and then the classroom in Target with us and just getting to do that scene with you I think that was the first time we actually had like an on-camera interaction um right like we were speaking to each other yeah yeah and so just being able to have that moment with you I think was the moment where we were like wow I think our our best friendship worked in the sense that finally after all the, after season one with us just being together nonstop, we're like, okay, I think the writers get it. <laughs> and then, yes. And that was, that was really fun. And then season three, the writers were like, okay, guys, we get it. Cause we're going to give you all these moments <laughs> between the school play and our little sort of Latin moment that I loved yes. in the episode disgrace. And then it sort of, comes together with this really great plot line between our characters and um, Victor and Eduardo. So what was your reaction when you got the script? Because you knew it was coming, but then when you get the script and you see what's going to happen, what was your reaction? I mean, I just thought it was the perfect, perfect storyline for this, as well as with Eduardo and Victuardo, I should say. Um, and I remember actually seeing, speaking of the dance, which was such a integral part to that, to that storyline, I remember seeing the dance written out in, in the script and I didn't really think much of it. I was like, oh, it's just going to be a quick little dance, blah, blah, blah. It'll be easy. And I will never forget, Eddie, when we showed up on our first day, on our day of rehearsal, which was the day right before we were supposed to shoot. And it was exciting because we were going to be shooting with, or the choreography was going to be with Fred, who was the choreographer for season two, the talent show spectacle episode. And we were so excited to get there. And then Fred plays the music. And I remember looking at you and being like, oh my God, it was 
fast, like extremely fast. It took us a good amount of time to get it down and we were sweating by the end. And it there was a little pressure, I remember, because we had to show Oz and Mike in between takes while they were shooting another episode um, and they had to come back to our set and and watch our dance and so we're like okay we got to learn this we got to get it down so that we can show mike and so that he'll be happy with it um so there was that pressure and it was just it was it was so much fun like getting to do that with you and we always love to refer to glee um and that was definitely a glee moment where we were on set in a rehearsal for a dance that we had to do the next day and backing up even just a little bit before we get into the rehearsal, I remember our first AD, Rusty, who we love, called me and was like, okay, Eddie, we're just going to check your availability availability for the dance. You know, we're probably going to shoot you on so-and-so a day in the afternoon. So, you know, if we just rehearse at like, you know, 9 a.m. that morning, the same day, um, you should be fine, right? And I was like, um, I will not be fine. No. Jerry is a great dancer, but I need at least a day to let the moves ruminate. So I am going to need that rehearsal to be the day before. It was the first time I really took some agency because I, you know, I, I did a lot of you know musicals and stuff growing up but you kind of get rusty and you get slow on picking up choreography and i i know that i can make a choice as an actor but like there is something technical about like knowing the steps of a dance and like letting that sort of feel into your body so i quickly i didn't even ask sarah i was like sarah we i can't do it the same (laughs) day like that's crazy but that is very common in television because of the quick turnaround and the fast shooting schedule it's like you sometimes are learning a musical number the day of or the day before which you know from people that come from theater is crazy because when you're in a musical number in a theatrical production you have weeks to rehearse and we had less than 24 hours so that was terrifying even before we got to the rehearsal but you know, we're so lucky that we had worked with Fred before and, you know, it was kind of a combination of it being really nice that it was just the two of us. But also for me, it was even scarier because last year when we had done the talent show episode, you know, there were 15 of us dancing. So like you knew that if you messed up, the camera could go somewhere else or they could edit you out or whatever. But when it's just the two of us, like you really can't mess up. You're there. And, you know, he wanted us in sync and he wanted us together and it was very choreographed. So there was also this pressure of like, oh my God, like there's no one to like look to or anything. Like it's just us. So I was looking to you, Sari, a lot because you're such a skilled dancer. And I, I just knew that, um, you would you would help me through and you did because I was like Sarah we need to rehearse tonight and we, we yeah. found a, a dance studio that we rehearsed in that we night. did we we did like it was it was like 11 p.m dance rehearsal and we like ran it to the ground we really wanted to get it into our bodies because when you're on set like there's so many elements that that are happening at once that you really need to have it in your body so that no matter what is thrown your way, it's, it's in you. Like you can, you can still do the moves and act and be thinking of a bunch of different things at once and just get it done. Um, so yeah, it was, it was such a fun little 24 hours because I mean, maybe not fun, stressful and fun, um, (laughs) having to do, because we basically rehearsed for like two, three hours. Right. And then, 
we had, I remember we were debriefing after and we had our days and then at night we, we reconvened and really had to get it down. And then showing up the next day on set, every moment that we had, we were trying to rehearse and whether it was like actually running the moves or just blocking it. Um, we, we were, we were really trying to get it down and have as much rehearsal as possible, which was really nice to have Fred there as well to help us with that. And as Sari says, like when you get to set on the day, there are just so many different elements that you don't even think about, like just like the spacing and, you know, filming something is so technical where you really have to hit your mark. And, you know, when you add the camera in there and they, the camera operators might not completely be aware of the choreography but they need you to hit a certain mark at a certain time and then your director might be giving you a specific acting note and i remember something that i was really nervous about was we obviously were rehearsing from a boom box or a bluetooth speaker or whatever and we actually had an earwig on the day where we weren't hearing the sound from sort of like a speaker we were hearing it just in our ear which actually was pretty cool it didn't throw me as much as i thought i would but i remember when they gave it to us I was like, oh, God, like this is such a different sensation to only hear it in your ear. And, you know, you're kind of dancing to music that nobody else else. can hear (laughs) but you. So that's a different sensation. And, you know, there there are just things. And then, you know, adding in our costumes, which I mean, our costumes are amazing throughout this episode. Uh, we were so excited for our costumes and um, Phoenix, our costume designer and our entire costume team did a great job at coordinating our outfits. And uh, that I, I still can't believe those are real. I was so surprised. I didn't really know what was coming. I don't think we had a, like a formal um, wardrobe fitting for this. They kind of already had our sizes and then they just made everything best friend esque and when we showed up to set and they i remember wardrobe came up to us and like showed us the beanies and the matching wristbands i would say the most nervous i was before we did the dance was when we actually had to rehearse it before the cameras are even set up usually when you're on a set you have to rehearse the scene first before the cameras actually come in and and it's everyone comes in to watch your rehearsal so that they know okay the actors are here so let's put marks here we can put the camera here because this person's standing um in this mark and etc etc so i remember having to do it for the first time with you in front of everyone in front of the crew the cast mike was there the director and it it was it really felt like the pressure was on and we killed it. I, I really felt like we killed it because after that, I remember everyone was so excited to watch it, first of all. And then after you finished, I think we got a little bit of applause. <laughs> it, was the best. it was just like a complete moment of gratitude every step of the way. Like we were like, is this real? Is this really happening? Is this really happening? Like, how is this real? Like it just felt so surreal and, and it, And even on top of that, it was also really nice to, like, be able to do some really great scenes with you and Victor and Eduardo. I thought the game, the best friend game show scene was so fun to do. Yes, it was. And it just, it was really nice to feel. And then at the end, we're sort of going to Victor and Eduardo and telling them that they actually deserve the title of best friends. And we were sort of doing it for the fame. And it was, it was just nice to feel that arc within our characters and to share that with, you know, other characters in the AP bio class. And it was such a great week. It really was. 
All right, everyone, shut up. Shut up. Shut up. Shut your mouth. Shut up. Shut your mouth. Shut up. Keeping in theme with this week's episode, we're giving you two roll call segments for the price of one, featuring the best friend duo of the AP Bio classroom, Victuardo, played by Jacob Houston and Miguel Chavez. Jacob Houston is Victor, or is Victor Jacob Houston? We can't decide, but what we do know is that he loves raccoons. Hey, what's up, everyone? It's me, Jacob Houston. I'm I'm the guy from AP Bio. I play Victor, and I'm here to do a podcast for you. Listen to my talking. <laughs> Where did you grow up? I grew up. I'm actually I'm I'm a rare uh, exception where I I grew up in California, like right by LA. So I, uh, you know, I'm born and raised, homegrown, baby. What was your audition for the role of Victor like? It was it was pretty quick and easy. I feel like I uh, I went in there, did my thing, and uh, I got super lost on the lot on my way there. I was like, because it was on the Universal lot, and I was like, "Where's anything?" I get lost a lot. It's just a it's a vibe. Favorite Magic the Gathering card? Ooh, okay. This is this is easy. It's a card called Dot Seas. It's like seize the moment, seize the thought. Seize. There we go. <laughs> now, what the heck is Magic the Gathering? Ooh, that's a good follow-up. It's a card game, and uh, it's for nerds, so that's why I play it. Can you recite to us your favorite poem or a quote from a poem? There's one called Good Bones by Maggie Smith, and I can't recite it verbatim because I'm not that cool. But it, it's basically, you know, it's like, um, she's talking about like how she hides, you know, like the brutality of the world from her kids, but then it ends with like any good realtor knows how to sell a place that maybe isn't so great. You know, like look at this place; it has good bones. And then the last line is, um, "This place could be beautiful. You can make this place beautiful." And I love that. I love that poem. What is your favorite Victor moment on AP Bio? I think I, I remember shooting the first season and like, there's just that one part where like Jack is like, you guys all masturbate, right? And like only I raise my hand and I remember reading the script for that and dying. Like I was laughing so hard and I was like, the show is, I'm so ready. Best D&D campaign you've ever played. Honestly, I I really like it didn't last very long cuz chaos happens all the time in life. But honestly, like I play a campaign with with Sari and 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 some and Parna and and some other people and I had a lot of fun with that, you know? Like it was my first time DMing and I was very bad at it. <laughs> but I I had like I had a lot of fun and Honestly, it's like, it's just a good excuse to hang out with people that I love. So, what sad boy song do you have on repeat right now? You guys know me so well. I, uh, honestly, since Punisher by Phoebe Bridgers came out, I've just been listening to that so much. Favorite Nintendo Switch video game and why? Whew, that's a, let's see. I mean, 
Donkey Kong Tropical Freeze, I believe it's called, and it rules. What was the last book you read? So I, I reread this book called Wildlife by Richard Ford, which is like one of my favorites. Turtles or otters? That's an interesting question. I think otters are really cute. Turtles are cute, too. But I follow a lot of otters on Instagram. So, you know, otters are possums. Easy possum. Possums or raccoons? You can only choose one. Sorry. Oh, my gosh. Okay. Possums and raccoons are like the duality of man. Because possums are like who I am. Like, I relate to them. They're scared all the time. Or they look like they're scared all the time. They avoid conflict. They'll pretend to be dead to avoid conflict. And they always look like they're screaming at the world in fear. And raccoons are who I want to be. They're playful, and they have cute little hands, and they pick up stuff, and they're curious, and they're fun. And, you know, I feel like I am both at different ends of the spectrum. But raccoons, I love raccoons so much. I love their hands. What is the tweet that you're the most proud of? I'm unreasonably proud of my Twitter. <laughs> Don't look again. So it's like in quotation marks, and it's like, it's like in quotation marks and it says, don't look a gift horse in the mouth. A new article by me, a horse dentist. And I love that very much. <laughs> what is your worst audition story? Well, <laughs> I mean, auditions are weird because like sometimes you show up and it's just like a room full of people who look vaguely like you. And you're like, oh, this is bad. But then you go to an audition where you walk into a room where everyone looks vaguely like each other, but no one looks like you. And then you're like, oh, this is real bad. What am I doing here? It's not specific, but hey, it sucks. Nick Pine wants to know, when are you moving out of your mom's house? Okay, sassy boy. First of all, I I, I, I want to clear something up. I moved back in during the pandemic because... Um, I, it doesn't make sense for me to pay for an apartment. Well, I I can't have people over and I can't, I'm not going to work. So I'm just gonna, I'm staying in my mom's house. Get dunked on, Nick. That's whatever. And uh, <laughs> probably when the world, if the world ever stops burning, <laughs> I'll, I'll move out. <laughs> what is your favorite lullaby? Listen, I'm down with any lullaby that can get me asleep and calm me down because God knows I need it. <laughs> Name one time you were not in a constant state of panic. I mean, maybe when I was a baby. No, I was probably, I think I was a worried baby too. Tell us about a time when you were starstruck. Okay. Well, there's two because, and they're both shooting AP bio. The first, the first season when Carrie Brownstein was directing, um, directing an episode, I, I was like, whoa, you know, <laughs> I was like, whoa, you know, that's a good way to tell a story. No, I, I remember like we sat down to the table read and it was, it's like a room of like 30 people. And I looked down and she's at like the end of the table and she like waves. And my brain was like, she, she's waving to you, even though you've never met, but you know who she is. So she's waving to you. 
And then I like waved back. And then like immediately afterwards, I was like, that wasn't a wave for me. <laughs> and, uh, and then my other one really quick is, uh, Tim Heidecker in season two. I adore Tim Heidecker and he's like such a huge influence on like my comedic style. And I feel like honestly, he like really influenced, I feel like our whole generation. Like when you look at like, how postmodern memes have become and the absurdity of it all. But I could not finish a sentence when I tried to talk to him. I legitimately could not finish a sentence. It was chaos. Do you have any other hobbies or projects you want to tell us about right now? Well, I, I'm running an uh, um, uh, Instagram page for uh, pictures of animals I find on the internet, just for funsies. And, uh, it's called Blessed and Good Creatures, and uh, I'm very proud of it, and I love these pictures so very, very much. What question do you want to ask our next guest, Miguel Chavez? Um, let, let me, let me, uh, how are you? That's my question. It's a good one. What is your message for the next generation? Don't listen to the random guys from TV shows. <laughs> That's me. No, do listen to them. That is me. And be be a good one. Uh, and, uh, you know, be just honestly, just people are just be nice to each other. Come on. Give each other smooches if they want it. It's good. Jacob, you are an icon, a trailblazer, a phenomenon, and definitely the most handsome guy in the AP Bio classroom. Jacob Houston, uh, I just, I want to protect you at all costs. You are just the most lovable man. I love sitting next to you on set and talking to you about cute little animals and Animal Crossing and the next time we're going to have game nights, which hopefully is soon. We could not have made this podcast without the help of our next guest. Not only is she the best line producer around, having worked on Roseanne, The Carmichael Show, and Rules of Engagement, she is a wonderful and kind human being. Please welcome Barbara Stoll. Hi, Barbara. Hey, guys. How are you? I miss you so much. (laughs) Oh, it's so good to see your face, Barbara. Your title on AP Bio is um, a co-executive producer, and I know for some people that title might seem a little broad, and we would love to hear more about what your specific duties on the show entail. Sure. Well, here's the deal. So I'm really the line producer on the show, and I think when you've done it for a while, sort of one of the perks they can give you to make you feel good about what you do is a, is a sort of a better credit. And it's not uncommon these days for line producers after they've been on the show for a season or two to get that credit. But essentially, the, and I think that that it's sort of a um, an honor also because it's a measure of trust that the producers have in you that they trust you to do a lot of things and to know the show and, and all. But um, so a line producer really is like a general contractor on a job, on a, on a construction site. Okay. So basically I'm hired and I'm given 
a script, which basically would be like the architectural plans to a house or a building. And then I need to go and find all the subs and everybody to do it and to set a budget about how much it will cost um, to go to all these subs, the plumbers and the plasterers and the, you know, the carpenters and find out how much it will, um, they think it will cost to do this job. But I also kind of have a sense and I'm given a template of a budget to know what really the money is for it. And so, you know, I hire people who are great at what they do. And then I basically do interviews with the other executive producers, whether it's the Broadway video team, certainly Mike O'Brien to um, build our team. Anyway, so then it's a matter of scheduling it and how much time does it take to get your job done, to build the sets, to get them ready, to get the swing sets built and all that. So everybody knows basically the amount of money they have. They know the amount of time they need to bring in the job. And we talk about it and they go off and do their job. And basically my attitude for managing is that I hire people who I trust and believe in and I let them do their job. So I will check in with them and see how they're doing and support them and be their advocates. So, um, yeah, and then so we bring it to the end of the project, which is a fully built house or a television show. I also feel like as an actor on the show, you know, we have such an incredible relationship with you. So is that something just over the years, you know, um, you have just become close with the actors on your set? Or is that also something that you are are sort of in charge of doing, making sure all the actors are doing well and, and, and happy? And I don't know, you just make us feel so taken care of. Um, well, first of all, I think it's a matter of, style because I think there are a lot of really really terrific line producers out there and everybody does it differently I think what my favorite part of the job is being that mama bear or being the supportive person because I get to know you guys and to support you and it's sort of it's it's sort of that friendly world that we've created that I've helped create that we all like each other and are invested in seeing each other and are happy to see each other every day and I think do our best work because of that. So um, I think it's just, you know, I don't know how many other people do that. It's just kind of my pleasure in doing the job, honestly, is to get to know people well and to be your advocate, you know? Oh. Above and beyond, always, Barbara. I know. When, whenever we see you on set, it's always like, we have to go over. We're like, yay, Barbara's here. Let's go chat. And it's just always so nice to see your face on set and we just know that we always have you as a support system. So it's always so great. Another question we have for you is when you actually are on set and we are filming and we're in production, um, what is a typical day like? Or I guess, is there a typical day? <laughs> I like to be there and in the room with you because that's my chance to say hello to you guys and to sort of get the temperature on how the day is going to go and you know whether somebody didn't show up if somebody's not feeling well if somebody's in a crappy mood which is not generally the case on this show at all but you you kind of understand how the day is going to go a little bit and then I go back and I to the office and I basically do all the other stuff attend the meetings go on location scouts you know work on budgets with the UPM um you know, come back on stage and check again. And, you know, we always get, a, I, I always stress a little bit if the day is getting long and we haven't finished the work that we need to chat with the um, the ADs and find out if they can accelerate things, whether they're going to make the day. So there's always that back and forth during the day of just keeping things moving forward. And, you know, generally speaking, we've got such a great team that all the days are made, Right. And so it's not a problem, but there's some close calls where people have to go into warp speed at the end of the day and do a big hustle to 
to get something done before the sun goes down or before, you know, the, uh, the coach turns into a pumpkin, as we say. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, um, you know, oh, so we, you know I, I put in, you know, basically the same length of a day as, as you guys do. Um, and I want to be around at the end because I want to say goodbye to everybody and thank everybody for a great day and see if there are any issues about tomorrow that we need to run ahead on. Um, so going into this particular episode, um, Mr. Pistachio, so when you got this script and you saw that there was going to be a dance sequence between, um, myself and Sari, I would love to hear a little more about your process on how you, as our line producer, it helps bring that sequence to life. Sure, sure. Well, it really always goes back to going to the director, in which case this was Oz, and saying, you know, how do you want it? And what kind of help do you need? Because sometimes people like to either they've got the moves themselves or they trust the actors to come up with the moves. But this, I think, was sort of begged to have a more intricate, you know, choreography to it. Mm -hmm. um, and then I've, I've always called Talixen over the years just because he really does beautiful work and he's so lovely with the um, actors that he's working with. And he's such a positive glasses half full guy. Okay. That um, he's my go-to person. And, and in this case, as you know, we had him in other times, I think to do some, yes. so, so he knew you guys and he knew the deal and, and he was available. And so, you know, he came in and he met with, well, actually, let me take it back. It gets a little more intricate because then we need to have the music as well for him to actually mount the choreography on. So I'm trying to remember in this case, I guess the writers wrote the, it was scripted what your, the dialogue was of what the rap that you were mm -hmm. doing, right? Yeah, 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 so yeah. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. So, so there was some back and forth, I'm sure with him about setting it to a beat and then he wants to sort of edit it or know what. So he comes in really prepared. And then he yes. knew that you, Sari, could move and that you, Eddie, are willing to do anything. So, <laughs> so he came in, I'm sure, having pre-thought what the move would be. And we did it in the space, the similar classroom with the kind of space that he was going to work in. And uh, he came through for us again. And we are so excited to hear even more from our favorite choreographer, Fred Talixen. Hey everyone, thanks for having me on your podcast. I have known Barbara Stoll for about 12 years. I would guess it was probably around 2008 when my agent booked me to choreograph on a show called Rules of Engagement, which ultimately Barbara had hired me for. And I got to choreograph a dance for David Spade and Heather Locklear, which was exciting and fun for lots of reasons. And then afterwards, Barbara brought me back many times to choreograph on that show. and. I got to be a part of so many funny, hilarious storylines and scripts, and she and I got to chatting while I would be there, and we, we found out that we really click. We have a lot of things in common. She loves the ballet. I love the ballet. She has the long rockin' hair. I have had the long rockin' hair, and um, we just clicked, and she has been just wonderful. She's brought me into several different shows over the years, and I was really thrilled when she asked me to choreograph an episode of AP Bio, and I was so happy for her. She had a new hit show, and this is my second episode that I've choreographed, which has been really amazing. I think when you choreograph for television, where you don't have a lot of time, you have to be very careful about not being too ambitious. You can't scare the actors, and I always start with the script, and I really try to stick with the story and the characters, 
and then give the actors movement that they, they can do easily that are effective. And then they can really, really shine. And when I got to choreograph the best Fred dance for Anthony and Grace, Sari and Eddie, they really did shine like crazy because they're both really good dancers and they wanted it to be kind of difficult. And so we went for it. We didn't have a ton of rehearsal, but they rehearsed on their own time the night before the shoot. They got together, they perfected all the moves, and I was really super duper proud of them. And um, I'm just excited to see what else is going to happen in the future. We absolutely love Fred. His energy, his positivity that he brings to set is unparalleled. And that's kind of the sort of support you, I think you need in scenes like this specifically. And then just to wrap up with, with this sort of question, um, you know, you have been with our show from the first season. And I remember we had a conversation where you, you said that you just felt like you really got this show. Like you really got the style of it um, from, from the jump and um i would just love to hear what what is your favorite part about working on this show in particular oh man it 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 really i'm so proud of this show i just am so proud of it i'm proud of the the world that mike and the writers have created which is so unique and so funny and irreverent and such with such specific characters and developing all the you know, the students in the classroom to be these remarkably (laughs) interesting characters. Um, I think that Mike O'Brien is just phenomenal. I think the grace with which he leads the show and the smarts with which he writes and and does things is just to be, to be admired. You know, Shelley is such a great partner in this. All the writers are great. You know, Um, Oz did such a knockout job, coming up with the style of the show. I'm just really proud of it, honestly. Maybe what I'm proudest of is that we've sort of created this pretty wonderful environment on set and in the office where people feel safe to bring out their best. And um, mm-hmm. and I think that's what you always try to do, where people are invested in the project and invested in each other and respect each other. And, and it shows in the work, right? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, so I think every single person that we have interviewed on this podcast has said something about how much they love working on it because it's such an amazing environment. Um, and you're such a big part of why it is so great. So thank you. Next up in the other half of Victuardo is Miguel Chavez. When Miguel isn't flexing his professional ability to fall downstairs, he's probably wearing his favorite pair of short shorts. Hi, my name is Miguel Chavez. I play Eduardo on the show AP Bio, and I'm happy to be here. Where did I grow up? I grew up in Rancho Cucamonga, Southern California, which is about you know, 45 minutes away from LA without traffic. With traffic, it's like two hours. What high school did I go to? I went to Los Osos High School. I'm class of 2012. How did I find out I booked AP Bio? I found out I booked AP Bio when I was just hanging out at the Glendo Galleria, it's this mall, and my manager called me and told me I got the part. It was probably around like six or seven in the evening. Yeah, it was quite exciting. What have I learned about myself during this quarantine? I learned that I know how to make the best out of tough situations. I started working out. I built a gym in my garage and I've been lifting weights this whole time. 
What is my idea of the perfect first date? Well, for me, it's not necessarily the date itself, but the person. I just want to go on a first date with someone that's open-minded and that hasn't been jaded by going on first dates. Can you tell us more about your work as a stuntman? Yeah, so fun fact, before working as an actor, I went to stunt school and I was doing stunts. And honestly, it was a lot of fun. It's very physically demanding. I think when you're a stunt person, you learn how to fall. So I'm really good at falling and not breaking my head open. And the craziest thing I ever did was just falling down some stairs onto the floor without, without a mat. You once said on Instagram, what to do when you're feeling down. Find a pair of inappropriately short shorts, put on the short shorts, then grab some nunchucks and get to work. So... To elaborate on the statement, when I was in stunt school, I used to post my stunt work all the time, and I like to make captions that are funny and stupid, and this is one of those. And I do wear very short shorts when I'm working out. I'm, I'm young, and I'm confident about it. Sue me. <laughs> what is your favorite type of cuisine? I love pizza. I don't eat it too much because it's bad for you, but when I do eat it, I love it. I eat it once a week. Not every day, but once a week. I love pizza. Describe your own personal style in three words. Trendy, unique, fitted. What is a typical holiday in your family like? A typical holiday in my family is getting together and eating food. Either my mom cooked because she's a great cook or from a place we like to eat a lot. What is your favorite Eduardo line from AP Bio? Well, to tell you the truth, my dear guest, I don't remember them because once I'm done rapping, I forget them. When was the last time you took a big risk? Well, for me, the biggest risk I've been taking is not taking any risks. During this time of COVID, I just stay at home. I exercise. I look out for my family and I just try to be a good roommate. What's the last book you read? The last book I read was The Hobbit. I just finished it, I believe, yesterday or two days ago. I love Lord of the Rings, and I forgot how much they made me happy as a child. <laughs> Jacob Houston wants to know how dot, 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 are dot, 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 you. Well, Mr. Houston, I am doing well. Thank you, and I hope you're doing well, too. What is your favorite book of all time? This is difficult. It is a toss-up between... Lord of the Rings and Harry Potter, although I've read Harry Potter like once every year for like the past five years, I still like Lord of the Rings a little bit more. It's a toss-up. I love both. They're both fantasy and I am a nerd that way. What is Eduardo's favorite scene from Pitch Perfect 2? Anywhere where the character is singing and dancing because Eduardo loves that. He just doesn't tell anyone. What is Miguel's favorite scene from Pitch Perfect 2? Well, Miguel hasn't seen this movie in a long time. However, he probably likes the moments where people sing and dance as well. What qualities do you look for in a best friend? Ooh, well, I think the term best friend is a loaded phrase, but I look for someone that is kind, consistent, and wants to hang out with me. What would your best friend say about you? My best friend would say about me is that I am loyal, trustworthy, and I'm always there for them. Oh my God, what is your favorite Ariana Grande song? Well, fun fact, because I care about Eddie, if someone that I care about likes something, I'm gonna listen to it, I'll listen to it. So I listen to the playlist. I genuinely put it on because Eddie suggested it, even though it's not my cup of tea. And oh my God, I can't name the song off the top of my head. Uh, well, Eddie knows that 
Ariana Grande, I believe she's talented, and he knows that I've listened to her music. I wish I could give you guys this, the, the, the song that's my favorite. I just, it's on top, top of my tongue. I just can't remember it. I'm so sorry. What question would you like to ask our next guest, Spence Moore II? Ooh, I want to find out, Spence, if you are a pizza crust person or not. What is your message for the next generation? Oh, my God. The next generation. That's a lot. My message for the next generation is to not worry so much about being cool and get off your damn phone. Miguel, the song is called Thank You Next. And I definitely told you that every single day of season two. And Ariana Grande may be cool, but she's got nothing on Miguel Chavez. (laughs) I can confirm Eddie did tell you that every day of season two. We love you. And that's AP Bio, the podcast. Thank you to our producer, Katie Wadsworth, and sound engineer and editor, Trey Booty, for working on this episode. Be sure to get ready for part two of our interview with Glenn Howerton next week. We'll be talking about episode 306, that, that, that. And make sure you catch up on all the episodes of season three of AP Bio, streaming only on Peacock. And if you haven't already, please take a moment to rate and subscribe to our podcast. We could really use the extra credit. And as always, thank you for listening. See you next week.